And I wanted to share something with you in Luke chapter 17. And the Bible says, and I'm going to read this in verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God comes not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there, or over here, over there. For behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said to the disciples, The days will come when you shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and you shall not see it. And they shall say to you, See here, see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lights out of the one part under heaven shines unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in his day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. And I want you to look at Hebrews chapter 11. And I pray that we would be the servants of the great King. We would follow in the the heritage, the faith, and the example that our brothers and sisters have given to us as they've walked with God. In verse 13 of Hebrews 11, these all died in the faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country that could also be termed they seek the kingdom of God. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country or kingdom from where they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country or a better kingdom that is a heavenly one where God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared for them a city. And I just want you to follow quickly. Verse 17, by faith Abraham. Verse 20, by faith Isaac. 21, by faith Jacob. 22, by faith Joseph. 23, by faith Moses. Again, Verse 24, by faith, Moses. Verse 28 says, through faith. Verse 29 says, by faith. And verse 30 and 31 says, by faith. And I, I believe that comes clear, so through so clearly. And then if you would, I want you to go to the end of chapter 11. And I want you to see this in verse 38. Of whom the world was not worthy, though they wandered in deserts, and in mountains, and in dens, and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. It's interesting that the Pharisees stood before Jesus and demanded of him about the kingdom of God. And Jesus says that the kingdom of God doesn't come with observation, in other words, as God's kingdom begins to come into this earth and begins to affect this earth, it is not so much with this great fanfare, if you will. 
For the king was standing right before them and they couldn't even recognize him. The king of heaven, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who is the resurrection and the life, the one who is eternal God standing in front of them and they're making demands of him. And if they can't recognize the king, they're certainly not going to recognize the kingdom. But the king had come and the king was influencing the earth. And if you will recall, Jesus said that he came into the earth to destroy the works of the devil. And as he was sent by the Father into the world, so he sent us into the world. And so what Jesus Christ has come into the earth to do, he has created what we call the church, so that through the power of the Holy Spirit, that work of Jesus Christ would not come to an end. But the work of Jesus would continue on through every generation that would come. And honestly, guys, this world, the intention of God is that it would be impacted by the kingdom of God in every generation. That it would not be impacted by professional people, intellectual people, or talented people. But it would be impacted by those kinds of people that the world was not worthy of them. And truly, when you look at the lives of some of these people listed in Hebrews chapter 11, they were not people that the world would have esteemed very highly until they started to do acts of faith. And it was their acts of faith that were tremendous in the earth. They were not tremendous. Their acts of faith in God were tremendous. And one of the greatest things that comes shining through about these men and women in Hebrews chapter 11 Men like Abraham, who has a life and a history that is filled with failure and shame and embarrassment. Or Moses, who has a record, criminally, if you will, and others like that. was not that these people were so great, but their God was so great. And they lived in such a way as they believed God. And because they believed God, God moved mightily in the earth through their lives. And Jesus Christ was telling the Pharisees that the kingdom of God is not coming, you know, with observation, with this kind of fanfare. But then it's like Jesus begins to tell them, but when that kingdom does come, you won't be around to see it. And you will wish that you had been able to see just one of the days of the Son of Man when he comes in his glory. And beloved, I want you to understand that very soon Jesus Christ is coming to this earth in his glory. He is coming to this earth in his power. And the world today is unfamiliar with that. The world does not recognize that. Men and professionals and scientists and educators and people from all walks of life basically live their life without an awareness of God Though the kingdom of God is all around them. And the people of God are all around them. And though the world in Jesus' day could not recognize him, it did not cause him to live powerless. He continued to live with power. And though they did not recognize him, he knew who he was and he knew what he was here to do. And the world today does not recognize the kingdom of God. And it doesn't recognize the church. And it doesn't recognize the people of God. But it does not mean that the power of God has ceased to exist within His church. Or that the church has to live a powerless life. 
We are the light of the world. We are the salt of the earth. Jesus has given us authority in this world to overcome principalities and powers. And nothing by any means shall hurt us. Speaking of the weapons of the enemy that he forms against us. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. That is the promise of the Lord to the people of God, even back from the Old Testament times. And Jesus is coming to this earth with incredible glory. And there is going to be an introduction, if you will, of the kingdom of God with a lot of fanfare when Jesus Christ returns to the earth. But those Pharisees were not going to see it. These religious people... Who, who believed that they lived with God and lived for God and were the servants of God, were missing God when he stood in front of them. But the people that got it and the people that understood this were the people of faith. They were not necessarily the greatest people in the world, though some of them were great. But their greatness was their belief in God and their willingness to be rejected by a world that rejected their king. Their willingness to suffer at the hands of a world that also would cause their king to suffer. That they had a willingness to agitate hell just like their king was willing to agitate hell. And beloved, I think we need to be very careful about the fight that we engage ourselves in. And I think that if we choose to fight and we choose to agitate anybody... It needs to be the hell that is moving in our culture today. Young people who are so confused and so lost and seeking some kind of refuge in their life that they are actually turning to a different kind of body in order that they might find some kind of identity or refuge in that. But the Bible says that our God is the refuge The refuge that never fails. The refuge that is strong. Our God is that refuge. And the church of Jesus Christ needs to be strong against hell. And we need to be active through the power of the Holy Spirit. It is not our theatrics that's going to work. It is not going to change anything. America has been inundated, indulged, if you will, with evangelical Christianity like no other society has ever experienced in the history of the world. And yet America is probably as dark, if not more dark, than possibly any other nation in the world. Because the Bible says, Jesus said it this way, a man who is full of darkness but thinks that he has light, how great is the darkness that is in him. And North Korea is very dark, and China is very dark, and North Vietnam is very dark. And there are places in our world and countries in our world that are closed to God. But they've never had the light of God. But America has had the light of God. And now we call the light that we have light when it's actually darkness. And we are that people that Isaiah said would come, calling those things that are right as wrong and saying the things that are wrong, declaring them to be right. We are that people. And I believe that the church of Jesus Christ has got to be willing to agitate hell now. We have got to be willing to do that. We have relied upon politicians to be the solution for us and to make the way for us. The politicians are handcuffed by demonic powers. They have no ability to contend with these powers. 
But the church of Jesus Christ does not contend with them. The church of Jesus Christ overpowers them. We have authority over them. And we must move in the power of the Holy Spirit. Not our theatrics. Not our skills. Not our politics. Not our ability to form groups. Not our ability to identify needs. And rally together with strategic efforts to meet those needs. But as the people of God. To be able to carry on the work of our great King. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what we are. And that is what we're supposed to be. And I want to say this to you. Because Jesus said. We read this in Luke 17. He said that the kingdom of God is within you. That's what he said. It is within you. And so I say this to you tonight, beloved, that if anybody in this world is going to be rescued by the kingdom of God, then those of you that have it within you need to be willing to be broken so that it can come forth from you. Second Corinthians chapter 4 says that we are handed over to death so that the life of God can come out of us. We are a sweet-smelling savor of life to those that are living, but of death to those that are dying. We're a fragrance of God in this world through our brokenness and through our suffering. The church in America has lived too long trying to get along with the world and trying to be accepted by the world. And I'm not saying that we go and live obnoxious lives so that we make people hate us, but I'm saying that the line is clearly drawn There's not many gray areas anymore, and there's never been to God. And it's time for us to take the side of the Lord. And if you do, dare to do this. You better be full of the Holy Ghost. Because these demons today that have gained authority back in this culture, they don't care what you say or what you say you know, but the kingdom of God is in power, and it's not in word only. We need the power of God in our life in order to win this culture. I thank God for what the Lord is doing and the prayers that God is answering in our lives. I thank God for that. I thank God that I know even, and I believe even more and more, that God is going to send people into this church, prodigals that are going to come back home. Those that have been just scarred by this trans movement are going to realize that was a dead end. And is there, is there hope for me with God again? And the church is going to show them that there is. The church is going to show them this love that there is. This hope in God. Because God has the ability to change our hearts and our lives. And to restore us to the dignity that he created us to be. But we cannot convince anybody of that. The Holy Spirit alone can. We need to be a people who pray. People who come into God's presence Because we believe that God is there. We believe that there is a presence of God. And to seek the presence of God. Not to seek church attendance. Not to seek something mechanical. But to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Sensitive to the presence of the Lord. And to worship God with all of our hearts. And with all of our might. To not be ashamed to worship God in the congregation of the church. Because if we're ashamed to do that here. We'll never have the courage to do it on the streets. Appreciate these young people more and more stepping out to serve God in the church, but also in the community, as many others of you do that, to which I'm very, very grateful for. I want to close with this. The Bible says, Jesus said this, that the kingdom of God is within you. That's what he said in Luke 17. 
And I just say that again to you in regards to what Jesus said when they were demanding to know about the kingdom. And he says in verse 21, the kingdom of God is within you. And I want to close with this scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Because this is the essence of the kingdom of God. This is the unction of the Lord. And beloved, I say to you with all of my heart that we would please get to a place of spiritual maturity. That we could discern the unction of the Lord in our life. That we could discern the unction of the Holy Spirit inside of us. That we would be so aware of God because we live so close to God and we're so intimate with God. That we crave the Lord. We long for Him. We long for His presence. We long for His fellowship. We long to honor Him. We long to be with Him. I long to be with God, with you tonight. But I've longed to be with God tonight. To long for Him. To be able to wake up in the morning and to be so aware of the presence of God. To be so aware of the stirrings of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you were aware of those stirrings? We're well aware of our problems. We're well aware of the, of the situations and the catastrophes that are happening in our world today. But until we become aware of the stirrings and the movement of the Holy Spirit inside of us, what good are we to live a Spirit-filled life truly baptized in the Holy Ghost? with fire, truly intimate with the Lord, maturing in our faith that we know Him. We hear what He's saying. We hear what He's telling us. Don't go here, go there. Take a turn right here. I remember when I was going through the town one day and it was so striking to me in that moment because it was so real to me in that moment. But I was going through town one day driving in my car and I could hear the Holy Spirit moving inside of me, go to your grandmother's house. And I just had too much to do. I didn't want to go to my grandmother's house that day. It would take too much time. There was too much to do. And so I fought that. But I just, it grew. The Holy Spirit grew in me. And he said, go to your grandmother's house today. And I fought it. And I was like, you know, not acknowledging that this was the Lord. It was just me thinking that, and I was just like, I just don't have time to do that today. I've got appointments, I've got other things I've got to do, and then it just swept over me again, or moved inside of me again. That unction inside of me was just like, go to your grandmother's house now. And I did. I drove to my grandmother's house, and I went to the front door, and my dad answered the door. And he said, I am so glad that you are here. I was praying for God to send you here. My grandmother was in her mid-90s. Well, no, she was not. She was 100. She didn't. She died very soon after this. And I opened the door and he said, I'm so glad that you were here. I was praying for God to send you here. And I said, what's going on? I said, because I, I, I believe the Lord did send me here, Dad. And he said, your grandmother, she thinks she's good enough to go to heaven. She doesn't think she's bad. She doesn't think she's a sinner. She's over a hundred. You got to do something. And I, I was just like, the, the only confidence I had, because I witnessed to my grandmother for years, the only confidence that I had was this. I know God the Holy Ghost sent me there that day. It wasn't my dad or me and an agenda. 
But the Holy Spirit sent me there that day, and I walked into her kitchen where she was sitting at the table, and I walked in there with such authority, and I loved my grandmother so much. And I sat down beside her, and I said, Dad says that you think you're good enough to go to heaven. And she says, I am. I'm a good person. I'd witnessed to this lady my whole life. But on this particular day, I heard the Holy Spirit say, tell her this. And I told her that. And she put her face into her hands at that kitchen table and wept uncontrollably and looked up at me and said, I am so awful. I am such a sinner. And she got saved. She got really saved. Two weeks later, she fell and hit her head. She developed a, a, a bleeding in the brain that eventually she would die from about a week and a half later. But she got saved. And one of the greatest evidences of her salvation was one of my cousins that she put through college and then she put through med school who had nothing to do with her after that walked into the room because I called him and I said, you need to get here. My mom's dying. And I said, you need to get here. And he, he came reluctantly and he came and he walked and he stood in that door and she looked at him and she said, Carl, I forgive you and I have hated you for years and I forgive you. And she said, Carl, Jesus came into my heart and he forgave me of all of my sins. And he'll forgive you too if you will repent of your sins and ask Jesus. And I'm, I'm, I'm just like, my God, my God, that's the unction of the Lord. All of our planning and strategies, we try to make things happen when he can do it. Why would you not live a spirit-filled life? Why would you not live a life full of the Holy Ghost, intimate with God every single moment of your life, knowing He exists and He's real and He wants to walk with you? And so this is the unction in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And he says this in verse 19. To wit that God was in Christ. God was in Christ reconciling the world to Himself, not imputing their trespasses to them. And has committed to us the word of reconciliation. God was in Jesus. And through Jesus, God was reconciling the world to himself. Okay, look at me. What does that mean? Well, this is what it meant to Jesus. I don't do anything he doesn't do. And I don't say anything he doesn't say. God was in Jesus, reconciling the world. Jesus was moved by his Father. Jesus spoke what his Father was speaking. Is it possible for us? Can we have that kind of life? Is the world waiting for this? Is this the harvest that's about to come in because I believe we're so close to it? He says this in verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead. Be ye reconciled to God. He's made him to be sin for us who knew no sin. That we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Verse 20. It says this. We're ambassadors for Christ. How? Because this same God beseeches through us. Do you hear that? 
This same God who was in Christ reconciling the world. The kingdom of God is within you. This same God is in you. To reconcile men to himself. You have the word of reconciliation. Jesus was the sacrifice of reconciliation. You have the word of it. And the God is in you to reconcile men. Do you feel him? Do you feel him moving you? Do you feel him confronting you? Do you have that unction of his spirit in your life to pray for your family, to pray for your children? He's your great partner. He's your great friend. He's your great encourager. He's your great comforter. You've got nobody like the Holy Spirit. And when you've got Him, you need nobody else. He is the joy of life. And I'm going to ask you to stand with me. And I'm going to ask you tonight that if this kingdom is to continue to move in this earth, it's within you. It's within you. Let me ask you this question. Are you willing to be broken? According to 2 Corinthians 4, it's through the brokenness that the life of Christ comes out of you. Are you willing for that? Are you willing to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Are you willing to deal with your cold heart, your cold spirit, and be inflamed again? Are you, are you willing to say, I, I'm fed up with the theatrics of my life. I'm, I'm fed up with the mechanics of my life. I'm, fe- I, I'm, I'm fed up with the practice of religion in my life. I want to know God. I'm so desperate for God. I miss Him so much. I miss Him. I want to know Him. I want to know how He moves in my life. I want to know how He moves in my heart. And if that's you, would you just move to him tonight? We're just going to sing and worship the Lord some tonight. And I pray that you would let the Holy Spirit fill you. Please let him fill you. Please receive him tonight. Receive him tonight. And you know how to receive him. You know how to be filled with the Spirit. Speak to yourselves. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, sing and make melody in your heart to the Lord and give thanks. Speak to him. Open your mouth. Let your heart speak through your mouth, through your lips. Give him praise. Pray in your tongues. Worship the Lord. Confess your heart. Confess your life. He's not against you. He's your friend. He's your partner. He's your comforter. He wants to speak to you. Imagine what he would tell you to do tonight or tell you to do tomorrow that could be the salvation of somebody you love. Or maybe somebody you don't even know, but somebody loves them. And the Lord sure loves them. And they need to be saved. Father, we lift up our our voices to you. And we lay our hearts before you. willing to lay our life down at your feet, willing to lay our hearts before you, God, confessing in agreement with you that I long to live a spirit-filled life. I long to live with your awareness of intimacy with you, God. I want to know, I want to know what it's like for my heart to be shaken by you begging people 
to be reconciled to you. I want to know what that feels like inside me. That you would beseech men with the word of reconciliation. And God, that we would have the strength and the confidence and the boldness and the Holy Ghost to be a, a people of whom this world is not worthy. We would be a people of faith. We'd live in faith, believing you, God, doing things that are unnatural because faith is unnatural. Doing things that will open up the the supernatural of your kingdom on this earth. Because if we just do things men can do, then we'll only see what men can do. God, let us live to believe that you are the God and, and there are things you can do on earth today that men cannot do and a church cannot do apart from you. We want this for the fame of Jesus, for the glory of Jesus. Lord, we desire it. We long for it. Oh, would you pray? Would you, would you welcome him, your friend that sticks closer than a brother, the lover of your soul, the one who loves you so beyond so much? the one who has sacrificed to have you. He wants to love you, be close to you, be intimate with you. He wants to speak to you through the watches of the night. He wants to greet you when you wake up in the stillness of your heart and your mind and speak to you of the day. some of you miss him it's been a while but he hasn't turned away from you he receives you tonight ask the Holy Spirit to come blow upon your heart give you light in the midst of darkness power in a world of devils the reprobate mind of our country would be pulled down by the mind of Christ because there is a door for us.